Understanding mental health struggles can be tough. That's why I created Therapy in a Nutshell to help make complicated therapeutic topics easy to understand and learn. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. These episodes don't replace the need for mental health professionals or the advice given by doctors, but they provide options, resources, and skills that can help you in your journey to better your own mental health or help those around you who may be struggling. If you want to find more resources or if you want to learn about courses I offer on specific mental health topics, please stop by my website at therapyinanutshell.com. Now, let's jump into this week's skill. I am really excited to have a special guest today. It's Dr. Martin Rossman. He'll be joining us to talk about how we can manage our worry and our stress better. And he's a medical doctor who specializes in mind-body medicine. And he's written the book, The Worry Solution. He's got courses out there on how to use our imagination and imagery to improve our relationship with our mind. This is part two of my interview with Dr. Martin Rossman. In this part of the interview, we discuss how we live in a world where worry is everywhere, bombarding us constantly, and how tools like learning to use our imagination can help calm our minds and bring us back to a state of peace. Dr. Rossman shares how to use the connection of our mind and body to worry less and find more health and wellness. I hope you enjoy part two of my interview with Dr. Rossman. Let's jump into the conversation. Let's yeah. talk mind-body medicine. Tell me about that. Tell me what, what you do in that area or what you're interested in in that area. Well, I'm interested in all of it in that area because the mind, you know, your mind directs your life. You know, it either does that because you're using it well or you're letting it run out of control. The most, the default position of the mind is to worry. Mm-hmm. And worry can be a very useful thing. And and in my book and my courses, The Worry Solution, I talk about the evolutionary advantage of worry. Worry is a function of the imagination. And it, you know, it lets you think about things in advance. So it's something that humans have that most that animals don't have in anywhere near the the same potency so right advantages of it is it lets you think like oh wow the last hunting party that went out in the jungle went out on that path there and they never came back mm-hmm. so maybe i'm not going to take that path or i'm going to take another path or maybe i better arm myself pretty well or maybe we ought to go with more people so it lets us learn from other people's mistakes mm which is a good thing. So you don't have to make every mistake yourself. And it lets you anticipate danger and think about things you might run into in advance, which is a very useful thing to do. But worry also very quickly becomes a habit with many people and is used on scaring ourselves with things that are probably never going to happen. Right. Uh, most of them don't happen, but and yet a real worrywart or a person who has a a worry problem, you know, can be walking along a sunny beach on a beautiful day and be in hell. Mm-hmm. You know, just going through all the things they hope don't happen, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they don't turn their TVs off or their social media and they just let all this scary stuff come in, which is coming in 24 seven. There's lots to worry about, Mm -hmm. but you have to, there's so much to worry about and there's so much hype about it 
that you have to learn how to use your imagination. You need to learn how to use it on purpose. You know, Einstein said the mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible taskmaster. And you don't want to let your your runaway imagination run your life because you'll spend your life in anxiety and fear and anticipating the worst and kind of tightening up and holding out and being afraid to to go out and live your life. So that has become, you know, and we know that <clears throat> something like 40 million Americans have anxiety disorders and another, you know, 30 to 40 are alcoholics and another 30 are drug addicts. And, and I think it's all, like I said, it's an attempt to manage stress and it works in the short term. It's just that those things are toxic and they build up and they end up ultimately making you sick and shortening your life. So, so my focus has been on trying to teach people how to worry well. Yeah. I don't want people not to worry. I want to teach people how to worry skillfully. And what what we do in that worry solution process is I'm just gonna hold up your book because I've got it right here. Oh, I read great. it probably five years ago. Oh great. And it's a great book and it's got tons of great exercises and it walks you through yeah. all sorts of things. Like it, it demonstrates instead of just telling people what to do. I really like yeah. that. When I wrote the book, I also made a, a CD set, which is now available to download, which has, I think it's nine or 10 guided imagery processes on it that are described in the book. So I really tried to make it like a home study course. Like here's yeah, book gives you the science and examples and why it makes sense. And then the relaxation guided imagery processes actually take you inside. And that's where the the action happens, you know, using your imagination, which is a very powerful agent of change. And then last year, I created an online course, which uses the guided imagery and the book, but also video lectures. And And I start out having people just write down all the things they're worried about. And, mm -hmm. then, I, and then I have them separate them into things you could possibly do something about and things you couldn't possibly do something about. And then, and then there are there are processes, mind body processes, thought experiments, guided imagery, if you will, for dealing with each of those. A lot of people have a very long list of stuff they can't that there's nothing they can do about. And by continually going around and around and around and having it constantly brewing in your mind, it's like you're just watching scary movies all the time. You're and you're triggering your adrenal glands and the fight or flight response and you're stewing in those stress juices all the time so you need to learn how to interrupt that which which we can teach people as you know mm -hmm. breathing muscular relaxation guided imagery go to a beautiful place that you love and where you feel safe and those things really work so we punch holes in the constant stress and shoot to put people back in the driver's seat where they're using their imagination instead of being trampled by a runaway, a very powerful runaway horse that's just running here and there. So yeah, <clears throat> there's skills involved and and learn and learning to be skillful with the with your imagination is something that most people most people don't even know that most of their stress is generated internally. It's 
it's yeah there are real stresses and things to worry about in the world <clears throat> and yeah. i also concentrate on teaching people how to be more effective creating action plans and taking action on the things you can do something about and it's it's sort of a basic training in you have this wonderful thing called the imagination. I mean, the human imagination, Emma, is it's one of the most powerful things there are on the earth. So if you think about it, anything that wasn't made by God or nature, whatever term you prefer, started in somebody's imagination. The skyscrapers, mm -hmm. the spaceships, the submarines, the MRI devices, Mm -hmm. insurance policies, television, cars, anything that didn't exist in nature started in somebody's imagination. Then they followed their imagination. They they learned to plan. They learned, they learned to use tools. They learned to communicate with other people. And that's where everything came from, good, bad, or indifferent. Also, you know, ecological disasters and climate change right. and war and nuclear weapons. So the good, bad, and the ugly, if it isn't natural, it came out of the human imagination. And we need to use the imagination to get ourselves out of these jams that we've put ourselves into. So Yeah. Oh yeah. Well and that <laughs> It makes it makes so much sense when, when we think about it that way. Like this is what separates humans from the rest of the creatures on the planet is that we can imagine future events. We can plan around them. We can try out different scenarios in our head. We can choose the best scenario. We can do all these different things. It's a it's an incredible power. It's an incredible superpower. And it also, when left to its own devices, our brain will take us down a route of fear a lot of times for right. a lot of people. And that right. leads to all these problems. One of the things I love, like in, in one of the first chapters of your book, you you take you take readers through the scenario where do you, where they're camping at night. Do you mind if I share the synopsis no. briefly? No. So as you're reading his book, he says, give me permission. I'm going to scare you for just a minute. I believe that's how you introduce this. And he says, imagine you're out camping at night. You're sleeping in your tent. You wake up in the middle of the night and you start and you need to you need to go to the bathroom. So you you come out of your tent. You it's dark. It's quiet. And you just go off a little ways to do your business. And then you turn around, you go and walk back to your tent and you walk for a little longer than you think you would. And pretty soon you realize you don't know where you are. It's dark. You start hearing noises. And as I read this, I could feel myself and my bodily reaction changing and shifting to be like, Whew, what's going to happen? And you could feel like if you pay attention, if you're mindful of your body, you can pay attention. You can feel that adrenaline kick on just a little bit. And at that moment, he demonstrates in his book how just imagining that you are lost in the woods in the night and you hear something cracking sticks behind you. Just imagining that while you're sitting on your, you know, on your couch in your living room creates that physiological response. So worry and, and our imagination creates a real physical response in our bodies in the present moment. Yeah. And, and you've, and that's why that's one of the reasons, and you don't even have to get that, you know, that's what sitting around the campfire telling ghost stories is about, you know, and we kind of like that a little kind bit. Kind of fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah, some people really like that, but you don't want it to be going on unconsciously all the time so that you're just constantly living in that world of anxiety and fear and stress because 
<clears throat> as you indicated, it has real physiologic oh, yeah. uh, manifestations. If you're in that fight or flight response all the time, your heart's beating faster, your blood pressure's higher, your blood clots faster, you don't get good blood flow to your digestive organs, <clears throat> and you don't get that compensatory repair and healing time that we're made to by in nature you know in a, in the natural living what i sometimes think of as the free range human of which there are very few yeah to just living in nature like most animals you know we probably are in this fairly relaxed place 90% of the time you know just like our you know just playing or practicing or playing with the kids or doing chores and gathering food and so on and so forth and then a, a wild animal, a leopard comes through the village and everybody gets an adrenaline rush and you get fight or flight response or or there's a, a conflict with a neighboring tribe or something. But then you go back into this relaxed state where, where we're meant to be most of the time. But in modern life, you almost never go back into that relaxed relaxation response because the input is constant on your on your social media, on television, you know. And the the brain's number one job is to keep you alive. That's its number one priority. Right. And so it has a bias toward it's looking for things that are dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a danger scanner. And it's mm-hmm. looking for things that are dangerous in order to protect you. But So in our world where we have all this input where, gee, something dangerous happened in Bhutan, you know, and here we are in Utah or California. It's like, well, I'm, I have the same response. And I can have, I can, all the bad stuff that happens anywhere around the world all the time is just available through a fire hose. Anytime you, you look at something or listen to something, unless you've got some awareness that you need to make choices of where you focus your attention. Yeah. When you make those choices, things can be really quite different for you and different slash better mm-hmm. it's not putting your head in the sand it's just making choices about where you put your attention and and your intention and it it's important to do there's estimates that up to 90 percent of all visits to primary care doctors are directly really linked to anxiety and stress wow 90 percent so wow. in many ways, the, you know, our main job of a primary care doctor is sorting out what's not anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're not well trained at all in helping people deal with anxiety and stress. So this is kind of remedial education. When, when I talk to other doctors, I do a talk called The Art and Science of Mind-Body Medicine. And, and I've come to asking a question. I say, how many of you think that... What goes on in your patients' minds has a huge amount to do with their health or illness. And without thinking, 100% of them raise their hand. Boom, instantaneous. They know it. Yeah, they know it. Of course mm-hmm. they know it. They're smart people. And then I say, how many of you have ever had any training in how to help people deal with that stress? Like one or two out of 100. 
That is mind blowing to me. That's mind blowing to me because, like you said, ninety percent of these visits have to do with anxiety and stress. And what I, I'm assuming what you mean by that, to clarify for our audience, is that when people are coming in with problems like diabetes and hypertension, but also like heart attacks and even just physiological sense like symptoms that are coming up, these are things: headaches, neck mm-hmm. pain, back pain, substance abuse, pain, irritable bowel, substance abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, even allergy is affected. Right. By it. Yeah, uh, you know, muscle aches and pain, headaches, healthy sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's the the physiology of it, the physiology of stress. It's a supercharged state where yeah. your body's supercharged to be able to withstand an attack or a threat to life. And it's you know we usually talk about the saber tooth tiger. Mm-hmm. Know, man walks into the saber tooth tiger. Well, it gets a huge shot of adrenaline. You're, senses are heightened your heart beats faster your blood pressure goes up your muscles are strong this is where you hear about a mother moving a car off a baby yeah you're capable of doing you know supercharged things well it's designed for an event that's going to probably last 20 minutes or so so either either you've outrun the tiger or you've killed it or it's eating you and it's over and if you survived it you sort of crawl back to the cave you tell the story about the tiger around the campfire and you probably tell it every night for the rest of your life or till mm-hmm. your kidneys you know kick you out but you go into this compensatory relaxation phase where you might sleep for a day your body recharges it mm-hmm. replaces the chemicals it balances your physiology out and here so stress researchers call that type one stress. Yeah. It's an easily identifiable stressor. You can you do something about it, it's over. But what most of us suffer from, they call type two stress, which is it's vague. It's you mm-hmm. can't you, you know, it's it's the economy, it's the environment, it's whether you're gonna be able to pay the mortgage, it's whether or not your kid's gonna do okay in school, it's whether it's the drought, it's the this, it's the that, it's the threat of nuclear war. I don't want to go through the whole thing, but it's it's there all the time. There's no direct action you can take that's, you know, you can do so, you can become an activist, but it's still going to take the rest of your life. It's not over in 20 minutes. So right, yeah. you need to find a way to move yourself out of that continual stress because it's like running your car on nitromethane fuel. It'll go fast, but it won't go very long. It'll burn out much faster. So so that's why these things are really important from the medical and health point of view. And why they're important to people is because you'll feel way better if you you get a handle on your self-created stress. You Mm -hmm. can't get rid of all the stress. But you can get rid of a huge amount that you're creating yourself and you might not even know that you're creating it yourself. I think that's really interesting because if you ask the average person, why are you stressed? They would say, it's my boss. It's my job. It's my kids. It's the money. It's the environment. And what you're saying is kind of, yes, like those are real and those are legit threats and something we're doing specifically worry right specifically our imagination and our use of our imagination where we put our attention is 
directly contributing to the level of stress we're, we're experiencing. But most people have never gotten any education about no. what to do with their imagination. You could probably talk about this for hours, but if you could bullet point it, what are the skills that you wish people knew about that they had names for so that they could look them up and start learning them or they could take your course and start learning them? Like, what are these skills? And you mentioned a few of them. So identifying worry clarifying it. Can I do something about this or not? And putting it into buckets and then using imagery to counteract it and worry well. Are those kind of the bullet points or is there a few more bullet points in there? I think, you know, that we've just created a course for for military veterans and their families. Yeah. Tell us about that. A lot of stress. So, and it's germane to your question because I think looking back over this 50 years that I've been interested in mind-body medicine and teaching it and writing about it and so on, this, there's seven skills that I teach in that course and also in the worry solution. So one is being able to turn it off, being able to relax your mind and body, having an effective way to do that. Mm-hmm. Another one is to become aware of being able to observe yourself. So I have a lesson on stepping back and observing yourself like you would observe and observing Mm -hmm. your mind Mm -hmm. when you're in it it's it's just how it is but when you step back and you observe and you learn to observe your thoughts you've got a platform from which you can more easily change clarifying what's going on in your head as you said Mm -hmm. sorting it out into things you can do something about and things that you can't is very useful then there's a process for dealing with those what I call bad or useless worries. There's a a very effective guided imagery process for turning that upside down and taking the the, the anxiety out of it. Then there's a process for creating and carrying out an action plan for the things, the worries and that you can do something about. I think that's five. There's a very wonderful imagery process called strengthening your best qualities, where you can, it helps to build motivation. And, you know, if you feel like I want to change, but I just don't have the strength or the perseverance or the the motivation, there's a very effective guided imagery process to connect with that. And then probably my favorite process is one in which you Use your imagination to connect with your the wisdom that you have inside you that you may not be using. I, I believe strongly that we all have much more wisdom inside than we know of. Mm. And usually that shows up when a good friend has a problem and asks us for advice. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to give. It's easier to give good advice to somebody you care about than it is for yourself. Right. You have a little bit of distance. You have a little bit of that observer quality. And you generally you generally connect with something inside you, like, because you love your friend or your family member. It's like, what do I think is the wisest thing for them to do? So there's a way to connect with that for yourself, mm. to connect with a source, you know, your wisest self instead of your most frightened self. Yeah. Or your most anxious self or mm-hmm. your self, you know. So yeah. there's a process of quieting, going inside, imagining that you're connected with your wisest self. How does the situation look from that perspective? What might 
what insights might you get from that? So those are the seven bullet point lessons that I think at this point in my my life it boils down to. I'd love to teach every kindergartner to second grader those skills. Mm-hmm. Much better prepared, you know, to deal with. Then thing then stuff will happen in life. And there really is stress yeah. in life. And there are things to worry about and there are challenges and obstacles. But having these mental skills will make you much more competent and more likely to be able to deal with them in a in an effective way without driving yourself nuts. Yeah. I love that. And I'm such a believer in skills. That's why I made my channel. It's like when people can learn these skills, their lives can change. So where can people find your work? Where can they find more about this? Oh, that's a thank you for asking that question. Thehealingmind.org. Okay. Thehealingmind.org. We've got some free resources there. We've got a lot of we've got books, audios, online courses. That's the place to go. Thehealingmind.org. That's awesome. And, and, you know, meeting you in person, hearing your voice, I'm like, oh, I could listen to some of your imagery. Like, I would love to hear your imagery with your voice. I assume you've got some recorded on there. Quite a bit. Actually. Yeah. That sounds... yeah. For all kinds of things from mm-hmm. preparing for surgery to dealing with anxiety to pain relief, the worry solution. I think we've got four online courses now once once in pain one is what i call the three keys to calmness which is focusing on the, the breathing the muscular relaxation the guided imagery is a a way to reach that calm state there's one on uh, the inner game of weight loss and then the worry solution so cool that's great well i'm excited to i'm excited to share those resources with my audience as well because thank you yeah, I've really, I've really benefited from your work too. I've, I've summarized one of your videos into one. So you have a long YouTube video; it's about an hour and ten minutes, and I, yeah, I summarized that into like a ten minute video for my audience because my oh, audience cool. has a shorter attention span. <laughs> yeah, we all um, do. But um, and and your book is is excellent. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for for being here today. I just really appreciate you taking the time to to share with my audience some of your deep wisdom and and your experience as well. My pleasure, Emma. Thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, thank you. Service. It was such a pleasure to talk with Dr. Rossman. He has so much knowledge and understanding of how the mind and body work together and how we can use these skills to improve our health. Our brains are powerful at imagining the future and also at worrying. And it's incredible to learn how we can harness those powers for our mental health and wellness. So to learn more from Dr. Rossman, please check out his website, thehealingmind.org, where you can find his book, The Worry Solution, and a lot of other great resources for meditation, guided imagery, and more. You can also find him on YouTube as Dr. Marty Rossman. Thanks again to Dr. Rossman, and thanks for listening. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.